Mike Elko hires Jay Bateman to be the defensive coordinator. I think it's the perfect addition to this staff. You are locked on Aggies. Your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. So, yesterday we found out that Texas AM and Mike Elko would be hiring. Jay Bateman to be the next defensive coordinator. Jay Bateman, the uh, current, <clears throat> excuse me, linebackers coach and assistant coach over at Florida. This is a hire, you know. I've seen, I've seen some positive. I've seen some positive thoughts and some negative thoughts on both sides, and from doing some background research on Jay Bateman, his career as a safeties coach, linebackers coach, defensive coordinator, I I like the hire. And I think it needs to be added when you think about this hire that Mike Elko is a defensive mind. And I think Mike Elko is always going to have a lot of input in whatever goes on on the defense. I don't think, you know, Jay Bateman's, it's going to be whatever he says goes when it comes to the defense. I think if Mike Elko wants something, he's going to get it. And um, so that's why I don't think the defensive coordinator hire is – I'm not putting as much stock into it as some have been. Don't think it's the end of the world because, like I said, I think your head coach is going to have a lot of input when it comes to the defense. But I do still think it was a good hire. And what I like about Bateman is he brings this. Development and recruiting. We discuss time and time and time again. You know, Bateman stops, aside from Florida, really were schools where you're not going to recruit all that many high-profile players at Army in North Carolina. You know, you're not getting five stars really at those spots all that often. So that's why you recruit some three and four stars and develop them. That is what Jay Bateman has made a living on. And this is my point. I I cannot ever express the importance of be uh, of Texas A&M's current coaching staff developing and recruiting. Okay. This staff has to do the complete opposite of what Coach Fisher did. We know that Texas A&M had the guys previous to this year, you know, in, in the years past, but they didn't have the development to turn those guys into stars. This staff needs to be able to still recruit at a high level, but develop the talent they're recruiting. That's been the common theme with this um, coaching staff hire, all these coaching staff hires. And I think Jay Bateman is another addition that does that for you. So 
I like this hire. Let's read through some of his accolades on the Florida website, which I always, if you want to learn about a coach, I like this. Go through, um, go to their page on the, their school they're at, you know, before they're hired and kind of read through their previous um, accolades, who they put in the NFL, different stuff like that. Uh, but let's run through the, um, his, his coaching kind of history. So high school from 95 to 97, he was a graduate assistant at Hamden, Sydney and from 97 to 98. He was the defensive coordinator at Siena College at 99. He was the head coach at Siena College from 2000 to 2003. Did not go great record-wise there. He was the assistant secondary coach at Richmond in 2004. He was the defensive line coach at Lehigh in 2005. He was the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach at Elon from 2006-2010. Ball State defensive coordinator 2011-2013. Army defensive coordinator 2014-2018. North Carolina co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach from 2019 to 2021. And then 2022 to current, he was at Florida. Um, And so one thing I like looking at this, and th- this is interesting to me, and I, I like a coach like this because he's he's a, his he's diverse in his ability to coach defensive positions. Listen to all the different position groups he's coached during his time coaching in college. Like I said, secondary coach, defensive line coach, linebackers coach. I mean, he's yeah, safeties coach, linebackers coach. He's coached every p- position on the defense pretty much during his coaching career. I like to see that because he's a defensive coordinator who isn't just like, you know, a defensive line guy or a linebacker's guy or a safeties guy or a secondary guy or a corner guy. You know what I mean? He is a every position guy when it comes to defense. And I like that. I think that makes you a better coach. I think that makes you a better coordinator. So I like that about Bateman. Now let's read through some of these, um, like, accolades here. A 25-year coaching vet, Bateman arrived in Gainesville after spending three seasons as North Carolina's co-defensive coordinator. Um, upon the arrival in Carolina in 2019, Bateman helped engineer major improvements in the Tar Heel defense, which is one of the nation's top five most improved units in total defense, scoring defense, and rushing defense that year. Bateman's aggressive style was evident in the 36 sacks the team produced in 2020, the most for a Carolina defense since 2000 and tied for fifth nationally. The scoring defense, total defense, and rushing defense all ranked inside the top 35 nationally of teams that played at least 10 games that season. The unit produced a first-team All-American linebacker, Chaz Surratt. During his time with the Tar Heels, Bateman helped develop two NFL picks, including Surratt, third round by the Vikings, and uh, Jason Strobridge, who was in the fifth round, taken in the fifth round by the Dolphins. Um, at Army, Army won 29 games during Bateman's tenure, including three bowl games during his last three seasons, which included two top 10 finishes in total defense. Bateman was one of five finalists for the 2018 Burles Award and a semifinalist in 2016. In 2018, his defense, um, he led Army's defense to finish eighth nationally in total defense, 295.5 yards per game, and 10th in scoring defense, 17 points per game. So point in reading, reading all that and going through all that is, He's had some serious accolades coaching-wise. He's done a good job at his different stops. He has, you know, taken defenses, you know, first time this many sacks since 2000, improved the defense to where it was top five in this category. He's done all that. And I think that is something that matters. 
the fact that you know he can he comes in and he improves numbers. Simple as that. Comes in, improves the points per game allowed, improves the yards per game allowed, improves sacks per game. That is what I like to see. He comes in and he makes stuff better. I think you're going to – I just – Coach Elko is an incredible defensive mind. I think if you put the coaching experience and the brilliance of Jay Bateman and Mike Elko together on this Texas A&M coaching staff, it is going to be a really good one-two punch. I am extremely happy with this hire. Like I said, Bateman has turned – he proved he can turn around defenses. I don't really think uh, Texas A&M's defense needs turning around. I think it needs some consistency – front to back. I think you need continued pressure, but you need to be better in the secondary. And I think Jay Bateman can help you with that. So ladies and gentlemen, I really like this hire, but let me know y'all's thoughts on this in the YouTube comments. I am extremely curious to hear how everybody kind of feels about it. Do we like this hire? I like it. You know, I, I wasn't, I didn't know much about Jay Bateman until researching him, but after researching him, I liked it. And I saw a lot of people say, well, we wanted more of a splash hire on um, for the D.C. I say, why? I, you know, I think when it comes to defense, I know we were all angry at Coach Fisher, you know, for putting his hands on Coach Petrino's offense last year. That is different than this. I, I want Bateman and Elko to put their minds together and discuss things. I, I think that they can be a serious one-two punch to help this team. So, um, I really like the thought of, of these guys working together and what it's what the success it could lead to for the Aggies. Now we are going to discuss what Texas A&M needs in the portal. You know, I kind of look at this and I go, hey, we're getting we're getting to a point where your, your, your staff's starting to get finalized. You can pitch some stuff to, to transfer portal players. What do the Aggies need in the portal? We'll talk about that coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I got to tell you about our wonderful friends over at Game Time. Game Time is the place where I go get all of my tickets to different events. Christmas is coming up. Do you want to get a loved one, a buddy, some tickets to a ball game, to a concert, to go see a comedian, whatever it may be? Game Time is the place to go get it done. They just plain and simple beat the prices of their competitors. That's what I love about game times. Ticket prices have gotten to a point. Nothing beats going to a ball game, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing beats going to a ball game, going to see a comedian, going to a country music concert. Nothing beats it, right? But at the end of the day, ticket prices are getting to a place where they are insane. Game time doesn't do that to you. They're going to give you the best deal on tickets imaginable. I use it. I love it. It's where I get all my tickets, and it's where you should as well. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. So, we're going to run through a little bit of transfer portal discussion. And, you know, doing that, let's talk about where we are so far in what the Aggies have. 
I'm pull, pulling up the um, class so we can talk about all the. Here we go. So you have brought in six transfers to this point. You have brought in a tight end, Garrett Miller from Purdue. I've discussed, I love that addition because of the way that Coach Klein likes to use his tight ends. I think you need to have a room full of them. And you've, of course, lost to Jake Johnson. Um, so it's a position group that I didn't mind. I don't mind you bringing in, in a player. And I like Garrett Miller. I think he's a really good addition. Then you got the safety from Central Michigan, Trey Jones, another player that I think is really going to come in and help this team quickly. Then you got your two receivers, Javon Harvey from Old Dominion and Cyrus Allen from Louisiana Tech. We've discussed, you know, Evan Stewart heads to the portal, and you're looking for a couple guys to replace that production. Well, there's two guys right there, two receivers that were very talented at their previous stops, very uh, – a lot of yards, a lot of receptions, a lot of touchdowns between those two at their uh, stops in Louisiana Tech and Old Dominion. So those are two players that I think you could see help right now. I think we'll get snaps right now. You have a, a talented group of receivers currently on the roster, but these two guys are veterans that played college football and I think are going to have some receptions for the team this year. Then you got the linebacker from Youngstown State, Alex Howard. Once again, another position of need. It was a position group that even heading into last season was a bit thin. Now, you and then you talk in the recruiting class, you've got one signee, you've got one commit in Jernigan who has yet to sign. So, you know, if he goes elsewhere, you only got one linebacker in your class, and that's not really a place that I think you want to be. You want to have a lot more – linebackers because as i said you lose a couple heading into last season it was already a position that was kind of thin so alex howard another addition and then will blanket will the blanket lee the former kansas state corner is a player who i think is going to have a really good year for texas a&m i really like will lee and what he's going to do for the aggies next year so that's a, that's a great addition right there. But So those are your six additions. You've got a corner, a safety, two receivers, a linebacker, and a tight end. So what I have written down for the players you need additions to, to add on. So, for example, I've seen like Texas A&M's after a running back. Do you need a running back? I really don't think so. Um, I'm very happy with the running back room right now. I don't think running back is a position that now you currently don't have a running back committed in the recruiting class, which I don't like that. I don't like not having a running back in the recruiting class. Cause as, as y'all, y'all, all y'all everydayers know, I really like every position group needs to be filled in in each recruiting class. So I don't love that, but um, the position groups that I have, and there's one, and, and like I said, I will discuss it. I will continue to discuss it until the problem is solved, and we are not to that point yet. I have four position groups right here written down that we need to fill via the portal, but one I have circled aggressively, and that would be the offensive line position. I, I can sit here and talk about this every day for the next month, and, it, and it, it's that important. This offensive line transfer portal class will make or break this team. If you don't hit a home run, in my opinion, 
with this transfer portal class. I think this, um, I, I just, my excitement level for next season decreases significantly. Now, bringing back, you, like I said, you could argue, um, I said you don't have any offensive line additions. You could make the argument, hey, we, we got Basantis back when it looked like he was portal bound. You know, that is true. That's a great point. That's a great, I, I, you know, I should have added that. So that kind of counts as if you brought in a, a really good offensive lineman via the portal. But still, you got to go get more guys. I wouldn't be upset, frankly. You got to remember, ladies and gentlemen, the recruiting class currently has 15 or um, well, well, 12 have signed their uh, letter of intent. And then the four that are committed in Bussy, McKinley, Dalen Evans, and Jernigan. Dalen Evans, ladies and gentlemen, it sounds like he will be announcing his decision today on his Instagram. So he's either staying or he's going. We'll find that out today. It would be a serious hit to the to the roster if he did end up heading out. Um, but that'll be a conversation for another day because we'll find out about that later today. But So be prepared for that news because I'm pretty sure it's coming today. But you've lost a lot of commits to where you can take more players in the portal. I really like the offensive lineman you have committed in um, Asindria Fua, the interior offensive lineman, and then Blake Ivey. I like those two offensive linemen. And, of course, Ashton Funk. I like the tape on him a lot. I think he's very underrated. But you did lose, you know, like a Cohen Eccles. So I don't mind – what I'm saying is, you know, you've lost some commits to where you're not going to be bringing in as many players in the high school recruiting class as we had previously imagined. Go get more players in the portal. Go take three offensive linemen. linemen. Go get some players that maybe they're just depth. Maybe they can help you. But at the end of the day, we see Texas A&M gets banged up pretty much every single season. You have to have plenty of depth. And that is what... That is why you need to go and add offensive linemen in the portal. So that is my number one position. I would not be upset if you went and added three offensive linemen in the portal. Now, I would say I have linebacker written here. I know that you have you have a linebacker signed in Jordan Lockhart. You have a linebacker committed still in Tristan Jernigan. And then you have a linebacker committed in the portal in Alex Howard. I don't mind going to get one more linebacker in the portal. Uh, just because it's a thin position. If Tristan Jernigan goes elsewhere, you definitely, definitely need another um, linebacker in the portal. If Tristan Jernigan signs, I think you could be fine with that one, but I still wouldn't be upset if you added one more veteran linebacker in the portal. So, you know, I really wouldn't be crazy mad about that. Um, Then I have safety and corner, so just secondary in general. I wouldn't mind. I feel better about safety than I do corner. Um, I, I I would go get – I would be fine with one of one more of each. Or go get a couple just DBs, you know, guys that have floated around kind of their college career that can play both positions. I don't mind the flexibility, the thought of that, the flexibility of that. So maybe two um, – maybe a corner and a safety or just two DBs. But I wouldn't mind a couple more secondary players. I like the guys you've got so far in Will Lee and Trey Jones, but a couple more additions there would not upset me at all. And then defensive line, 
I wouldn't go get a whole bunch of guys, but you got to think. I mean, you've lost a Fadil Diggs, and you've lost a LT Overton, and you've lost a Walter Nolan. Um, I, I like the room and where it's at. You because, like I said, that last season your defensive line room was the most talented room in the roster. You had 15 guys who were four or five stars. It felt like that could play. You lost a handful of them, but you still got a whole bunch of talented guys there. You got some talented guys committed, um, some talented players there. But I still would go and get a defensive lineman in the portal. I don't think you need multiple. I would go get maybe one, and I think that would be plenty. Um, So I think that's what you need in the portal is those positions. Like wide receiver with the two additions you have, I think you're fine. Tight end, I think you're fine. Running back, if you add one, I'm not going to yell at anybody, but I think you're fine there. Quarterback, I'm happy with that position group. Um, so I think it's off on offense, offensive line on defense. I wouldn't mind an addition at pretty much every single position, but I think line, but I think linebacker and say, and then secondary would be the ones I would focus on over the defensive line, but any defensive player you want to bring in, I will not be upset about now it's Christmas. And what does Christmas mean? You know, Christmas is family time. It's fun. But it's also, you know, for a young guy like me, it's it's when your family, you know, you sit down and, and family talks a little bit of politics at the table. People get bold. We're going to get bold today with three bold predictions for the 2024 season. And we will do that coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a ton more FanDuel is the app I use for all of my sports wagers. It's it's a ton of fun to use. It's easy to use. I, I love the simplicity of the app. Like I said, um, some of the other apps offer some free bets, which I just took advantage of and, and tried to win some money there. And so I used some of FanDuel's competition just for to use those free bets. And that all the other apps are so hard to manage and so hard to use and so hard to understand. FanDuel is so simple. It is my favorite app to use when I want to wager on sports. I love FanDuel Sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So, before we call it a week here at Locked on Aggies, before we call it, hey, the holiday's coming up and all that, I, I just, I was, I had a bold prediction. Um, that I've kind of been sitting on, you know what I mean? And I was like, hey, you know what? Let's let's just pull two more and, and have it be a segment. So the bold prediction that I feel I kind of I kind of like uh, came to me recently. I've just been sitting and thinking about it. My bold prediction is Jade Walker leads the team in receiving. I don't know how bold that is. Um, I think it's pretty bold. I think it's pretty bold. So so let me know in the YouTube comments how, the temperature, the boldness of that bold prediction. I think it's pretty bold, but I, I just 
heading into this season, I didn't know how much he would be used. I didn't think he'd be used much at all, frankly. And he carved himself a role and was really, really good. Plain and simple. Really good. Um, so, and, and like I said, not, not just good because, well, they, they fed him the ball. You know, he was good because he just was good. You know what I mean? He was, a, he's a good football player. Um, so say what you want about coach Fisher, but uh, you know, Jade Walker was a good addition. He's a good football player. Um, that was some good, you know, sight by him on, on Jade Walker, but yeah, I, um, I think that's a legitimate take there. So let me know that one in the YouTube comments. How bold is that? The next one I have, I don't know how spicy this is. I mean, I, I, th well, I think it's pretty spicy because it would include two. You would, you could argue upsets, but I have, I think the Aggies are seven and zero next season heading into the matchup with LSU. So that would include wins over Notre Dame, McNeese, Florida, Bowling Green, Arkansas, and Missouri. Um, you know, I think that Arkansas, Bowling Green, Florida, McNeese, and Mississippi State would all be pretty easy football games to win. I think the games that'd be difficult are Missouri and Notre Dame, and they're both at home. Crazier things have happened. So that's my second bold, uh, bold prediction. Another one that I think it could happen, could be realistic. And then my third one is I think a tight end will be the second highest receiver behind Jade Walker. And because for the simple reason that I have discussed a ton here at Locked on Aggies since Coach Klein was hired to be the offensive coordinator and doing more research on him and his offense, he loves to use the tight end. I think you could see a tight end. Now, who will it be? That's interesting because the Aggies have a bunch of guys who could be involved. But I think that the tight end position will be utilized this year. I think you're going to see the tight end get a tight end get fed, but I just think because of you know average depth of target and different things like that, you'll still see a receiver lead in yards this year. Like I said, I think it's going to be Johnny Walker, but I think you will see a tight end as the second highest receiver for the Aggies this season. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Aggies. I really appreciate y'all tuning in. I know the holidays coming up, so I'm really thankful for all you everydayers. The plan is we're going to have an episode on Christmas. We're going to have an episode um, the day after, so be ready for episodes. If anybody's traveling um, or, or just have, there'll be some or you know busy on the holiday, want to listen the day after, there will be some episodes banked that y'all can listen to coming up on the holidays. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Aggies. Thanks so much, like I said, for tuning in every single day, and we will. See you on Christmas.